So let's read. But before we read, we're going to ask three questions. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? Second question is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question that we're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? What are you revealing concerning me? These are the three questions that we want to ask. And we pray that the Lord would give us revelation in all of that. And so I'm going to pray and pray along with me and meditate on those three questions. Reflect on those three questions. Ah, sorry. Reflect on those three, three questions as you meditate on the text. Father, I ask today, as we read your word, Lord, I pray that you would um, reveal your heart to us. Reveal your will to us today. Lord, um, we open ourselves to you. Lord, not simply looking to understand what this word says, even from an intellectual perspective, but Lord, that we would find revelation. So we thank you. We glorify your name and we praise you. We say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah 28. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. You guys can read along with me. And it says this. Woe to the crown of pride, to the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is fading is a fading flower, which is at the head of the verdant valleys, to those who are overcome with wine. Behold, the Lord has a mighty and strong one, like the tempest of hail and a destroying storm, like a flood of mighty waters overflowing. Who will bring them to the down, sorry, who will bring them down to the earth with his hand? The crown of pride, the drunkards of Ephraim will be trampled underfoot. And the glorious beauty is a fading flower which is at the head of the verdant valley, like the first fruit before the summer, which an observer sees, he eats it up while it is still in his hand. In that day, the Lord of hosts will be for a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people, for a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment and for strength to those who turn back to battle at the gate. But they also have erred through wine and through intoxicating drink are out of the way. The priests and the prophet have erred through intoxicating drink. They are swallowed up by wine. They are out of the way through intoxicating drink. They err in vision, they stumble in judgment, for all tables are full of vomit and filth. No place is clean. Whom will he teach knowledge? And whom will he make to understand the message? Those just weaned from milk, those just drawn from the breasts, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people, to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. But the word of the Lord was to them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they may go and fall backward and be broken and stared and caught. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scornful men, who rule this people who are in Jerusalem, because you have said, we have made a covenant with death, and with Sheol we are in agreement. When the overflowing scourge passes through, it will not come to us. For we are made lies, sorry, for we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood we have hidden ourselves. Therefore, says the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. I also, I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plummet. The hail will sweep away from the refuge of lies and the waters will overflow the hiding place. Your covenant with death will be annulled and your agreement with Sheu will not stand. When the overflowing scourge passes through, then you will be trampled down by it. As often as it goes out to you, sorry, as often as it goes out, it will take you. For morning by morning it will pass over, and by day and by night it will be a terror just to understand the report. For the, de for the bed is too short to stretch out on, and the covering so narrow that one cannot wrap himself in it. 
for the Lord will rise up at Mount Perizim. He will be angry as in the valley of Gibeon, that he may do his work, his awesome work, and bring to pass his act, his unusual act. Now, therefore, do not be mockers, lest your bonds be made strong. For I have heard from the Lord God of hosts, a destruction determined even upon the whole earth. Give ear and hear my voice. Listen and hear my speech. Does the plowman keep plowing all day to sow? Does he keep turning his soil and breaking the clods? When he has revealed its surface, does he not sow the black cumin and scatter the cumin, plant the weed in rows, the barley in the anointed place, sorry, in the appointed place, and the spelt in its place? For he instructs him in high judgment. His God teaches him. For the black cumin is not threshed with the threshing sledge, nor is a cartwheel rolled over the cumin. But the black cumin is beaten out with a stick and the cumin with a rod. Bread flour must be ground. Therefore, he does not thresh it forever. Break it with his cartwheel or crush it with his horsemen. This also comes from the Lord of hosts, who is wonderful in counsel and excellent in guidance. Isaiah 29. Woe to Ariel, to Ariel, the city where David dwelt. Add year to year, lest feasts come, up, come around. Yet I will distress Ariel. There shall be heaviness and sorrow, and it shall be to me as Ariel. I will encamp against you all around. I will lay siege against you with a mound. I will raise sage works against you. You shall be brought down. You shall speak out of the ground. Your speech shall be low out of the dust. Your voice shall be like a medium's out of the ground. Your speech shall whisper out of the dust. Moreover, the multitude of your foes shall be like fine dust. And the multitude of the terrible ones like chafe that passes away. Yes, it shall be in an instant, suddenly. You will be punished by the Lord of hosts with thunder and earthquake and great voice, with storm and tempest and the flame of devouring fire. The multitude of all nations who fight against Ariel, even all who fight against her and her fortress and distress her, shall be as a dream in a night vision. And it shall be as when a hungry man dreams and looks and eats, but he awakes and his soul is still empty. Or as when a thirsty man dreams and looks, he drinks, he awakes, and indeed he is faint and his soul still craves. So the multitude of all the nations shall be who fight against Mount Zion. Pause and wonder. Blind yourselves and be blind. They are drunk, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with intoxicating drink. For the Lord has poured out on you the spirit of deep sleep, has closed your eyes, namely the prophets, and he has covered your heads, namely the seers. The whole vision has become to you like the words of a book that is sealed, like men delivered to one who is literate, saying, read this, please. And he says, I cannot, for it is sealed. And the book is delivered to one who is illiterate, saying, Read this, please. And he says, I am not literate. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips and have removed their hearts far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. Therefore, behold, I will again do a marvelous work among this people a marvelous work and a wonder. Hmm. Marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. Woe to those who seek deep to hide their counsel far from the, far from the Lord, and their works are in the dark. They say, who sees us? Who knows us? Surely you have turned things around. Shall the potter be esteemed as the clay? For shall the thing made say of him who made it, he did not make me? Or shall the thing formed say to, of him who formed it, he has no understanding? 
is not yet a very little while till Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field. And the fruitful field be esteemed as a forest. In the day the death shall hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of the obscurity and out of darkness. The humble shall also increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. For the terrible one is brought to nothing, the scornful one is consumed, and all who watch for iniquity are cut off, who make a man an offender by the word, and lay a snare for him who reproves in the gate, and turn aside by the just by empty words. Therefore, thus says the Lord, who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob. Jacob shall not now be ashamed, nor shall his face now grow pale. But when he sees his children, the work of my hands in his midst, they will hallow my name and hallow the Holy One of Jacob and fear the God of Israel. These also who erred in the spirit will come to understanding and those who complained will learn doctrine. We'll read one more chapter. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me, who devise plans, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who walk down to Egypt and have not asked my advice to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore, the strength of Pharaoh shall be your name and trust in the shadow of Egypt shall be your humiliation. For his princes were of Zoan, and his ambassadors came to Hanus. They were all ashamed of people who would benefit them, or be help or benefit, but shame and also a reproach. The burden against the beasts of the south, through, the land, through a land of trouble and anguish, from which came the lioness and lion, the viper and the fiery flying serpent, they will carry their riches on the back of young donkeys and their treasures on the humps of camels to a people who shall not profit. For the Egyptians shall help in vain and to no purpose. Therefore, I have called her Rahab Hem Shabbat. Now go, write it before them on a tablet and note it on a scroll that they may be for a time to come forever and ever that this is a rebellious people lying children, children who will not hear the law of the Lord, who say to the seers, do not see, and to the prophets, do not prophesy to us right things. Speak to us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Get out of the way, turn aside from the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Mm. Therefore, says the Holy One of Israel, because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perversity and rely on them. Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you like a breach ready to fall, a bulge in a high wall whose breaking comes suddenly in an instant. And he shall break it like the breaking of the potter's vessel, which is broken in pieces. He shall not spare. So there shall not be found among its fragments a shard to take fire from the hearth or to take water from the cistern. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength, but you would not. And you said, for we will flee on horses, therefore you shall flee. And we will ride on swift horses, therefore those who pursue you shall be swift. For 1,000 shall flee at the threat of one, at the threat of five, you shall flee, till you are left as a pole on the top of a mountain and as a banner on a hill. Hmm. Therefore, the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. And therefore, he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. 
When he hears it, he will answer you. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore. For your eyes shall see your teachers, and your ears shall hear the word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand, or whenever you turn to the left, you will also defile the covering of your images of silver, the ornament of your molded images of gold. You will throw them away as an unclean thing. You will say to them, Get away. Then he will give the rain for your seed with which you sow to the ground, and bread of the increase of the earth will be fat and plentiful. In that day, your cattle will feed in large pastures. Likewise, the oxen and the young donkeys that work the ground will eat cured fodder, which will be winnowed with a shovel and fan. There will be on every high mountain and on every high hill rivers and streams of water in the day of great slaughter when the towers fall. Moreover, the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days. And the day of the Lord binds up the bruise of his people and heals the stroke of his wound. Behold, the name of the Lord comes from afar, burning with his anger, and his burden is heavy. His lips are full of indignation and his tongue like a devouring fire. His breath like an overflowing stream, which reaches up to the neck to sift the nations and to sieve of futility. And there shall be a bridle of jaws of the people, causing them to err. And you shall have a song as in the night with a holy festival, where the, when a holy festival is kept and gladness of heart as when one goes with a flute to come into the mountain of the Lord, to the holy mighty one, sorry, to the mighty one of Israel. The Lord will cause his glorious voice to be heard and show the descent of his arm with indignation of his anger and flame of devouring fire with scattering and tempest hailstone. For through the voice of the Lord, Assyria will be beaten down and he strikes with a rod. And in every place where the staff of punishment passes, which the Lord lays on him, it will be tambourines and harps. And in battles of brandishing, he will fight with it. For Tophet was established of old. Yes, for the king it is prepared. He has made it deep and large. Its pyre is fire with much wood. The breath of the Lord, like a stream of brimstone, kindles it. <clears throat> um, I... In many ways, I'm, I'm conflicted here. Um, and the reason why I'm conflicted is because there's so much to unpack here. Um, there's so much, there's so much to unpack um, in this particular portion of text. And thankfully, this isn't a Bible study, because if it was, we'd probably be here for the next couple hours. Just engaging in the study of this particular portion of scripture. There's so many layers. There's so many angles. There's so many facets to this. Um, there are spiritual elements to this. There are, um, there are political, historical elements to this. There are sociocultural, socioeconomic elements to this. There's so many elements to it that we're just not afforded the time to really break down every part of this text. So all I'm afforded in the few moments that I have with you is to share with you the one thought that consumes me as I'm reading this text. The one thought that consumes me is this question. Where are you putting your trust? What are you relying upon? Who are you trusting? You may say, how did in all of that reading, you come up with this reflection about where your trust comes from? The reason is because, of course, you would have to be reading with us for the past few months. Because in the past few months, we've been reading about the children of Israel 
the story, the historical narrative that we find in 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. Isaiah happens right on top of that. Right on top of that story of what we saw transpire. And what we saw was, and we talked about the book of Kings, how the book of Kings should have really been titled, not those Kings. Because Israel was waiting for a king. Remember at the end of Judges, there was no king in Israel. That's how Judges ends. There was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And the consequence of that was, is that they then sought after a king. And so, of course, Samuel, who was called to be a prophet, ushers in the king. The king being who they wanted, which was Saul. And But Saul didn't work out. Then it was David. David worked out a little bit better. Well, okay, a lot better. <laughs> um, but then after David came a fracture in the family, which led to a fracture in the nation of Israel. You had Israel in the north. You had Judah in the south. The capital of Israel in the north was Samaria. The capital of Judah in the south was Jerusalem. And so now Israel split in two because of David's sin. And because now the family is fractured. And we know how it ends with David. I mean, it was, it was a mess. And this mess continued on. But God fulfilled his covenant through Solomon, through Judah, the nation of Judah. But here's the thing, right, is we see what happens to the Samarians, sorry, the Samaritans, or is the Israelites in the north, the nation of Israel in the north. We see that they were overtaken by the Assyrians because of their disobedience, because of what drove them, because they were driven by other things other than the will of God. They were driven by other things other than the law of God. The whole purpose of the nation of Israel, this place, this piece of land that God gave was to establish his, his people, his nation, a people that would bring reconciliation of all people to God. But they weren't that. They just did not fulfill it. And so you've got Israel now who falls under captivity. And of course, Judah follows suit as well. Because while God's covenant continued on through Judah, those kings didn't look that good either. They behaved, they lived, they acted very much like all the other kings. They acted very much like all the other pagan kings. But there were many other compromises. And so as we're reading through the story, we can recall close to the end of the kingdom of Judah, the compromise of the kings many of whom actually sought to forge partnerships, relationships, marriages, um, economic agreements, political agreements with other kings, Assyria, Ethiopia, Egypt. And it was in forging those partnerships that they set themselves up. It's forging those partnerships that they set themselves up. Because it was through those partnerships now that they gave access. They gave the Egyptians access. They gave the Babylonians access. They allowed them to see their riches, their resources. They allowed them to see their culture. And so Isaiah is speaking into this particular reality that one of the great compromises of the not those kings, one of the great compromises was is they let them in to a place that they should not have let them in. They made friends and established covenants with people who did not have a covenant with God. They put their trust in people who put their trust in carnal wisdom. 
And what happens is, is when you put your trust in people who put their trust in carnal wisdom, you will find yourself consumed and now influenced by the very things that influence them. You can't trust everybody. And I open with this thought because this is, a, this is an important and critical thought for you, family. Is who are you trusting? Or more specifically, who are you letting into your life? Who are you allowing into your soul? Who are you allowing to influence you? Because Israel, while they had the promise of God and the covenant of God, Israel sought advice from people, nations, kingdoms, governments that found their wisdom somewhere else. I say that to say to you, because when we read the text, that chapter in Isaiah 30, notice where, now that you have context as to when this was happening, when this was transpiring, around a time when Israel was inviting the Babylonians to go and to look at their resources, invited them in to have meals with them, invited them in to see their institutions and their, their storehouses, invited them into all of that. At that time, Isaiah now is writing this. And Isaiah says to them, in chapter 30, look at it again. In chapter 30, Isaiah says, Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me, who devise plans, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. <laughs> that they may add sin to sin. God then goes down later on and speaks to the rebellious people. And he says in verse 10, who say to the seers, he's talking about the same children, who say to the seers, do not see. And to the prophets, do not prophesy to us right things. Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. Get out of the way. Turn aside from the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Family, this speaks into the propensity of our hearts. That rather than hearing the truth, because sometimes the truth hurts, and sometimes the counsel of the Lord can sometimes sting. And yet rather than hearing the counsel of the Lord, we prefer to hear from those who will prophesy lies to us as long as they feel good. Tell me God's going to bless me. Tell me God's going to turn things around. Tell me the things that I want to hear, but don't speak into the things I need to correct. Don't speak into the things that, 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 I, that I need to, to sort out in my life. Don't, 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 speak, don't speak into the things that, that, that I need to that I need to, to change. Don't, don't speak into what the Lord is convicting me to do or to become or to be called. Don't speak into that. No, no, no. Don't speak into that. Tell me things that I want to hear. Isn't it funny how in today's age, we will only make friends with people who we feel will get something out of them or who will simply just make us feel good. We have a culture and a people today who will only listen and only make time for people who will tell them what they want to hear. But the moment you challenge them and tell them something you disagree with, all of a sudden they ain't texting you back no more. All of a sudden, when you tell them something where you go, hey, you need to straighten that out. All of a sudden, they don't want to call you back no more. All of a sudden, you get less invitations to go out to eat. You get less invitations to go out and vibe because that person is not telling you what you want to hear. But, but here's what a person who loves you does. They tell you what you want to hear. 
they don't tell you what you need to hear. They tell you what feels good, but they don't tell you what is effective and efficacious to you. And I say this because I know I'm digging in here and I have to dig into this family because if all you got is friends who just make you feel good and never challenge you, they are not your friends. I'll say that again. If all you got is people around you who will just prophesy what you want to hear, say what you like, make you feel good about yourself, and that's all they do, my friend, they don't love you. So the next question then you have to ask, I'm sorry if I dig in here for a minute, but this is just the meditation for today. If all they tell you is what you want to hear, then the question is now, is what is their objective? Oh, this is going to get tough for a second. What? Why are they your friend then? Why, why do they make time with you? What is their agenda? Because they're only telling you things you want to hear and they only want to make you feel good because somehow your presence in their lives benefits them. So you have to ask the question then, why are you in my life? If all I hear is good things, I've always said this. This is just this is just a rule of thumb. And maybe you guys can take it, take it or leave it, whatever it may be. But I'll tell you right now. When I'm around people who don't challenge me, I tend to start distancing myself from them. Just is a natural thing that I start doing. When all the person does is say, because I know who I am. I know, I know the kind of person I am. I know I'm not a person, I am not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I am not a perfect person. I'm still being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm still being sanctified by God. And in the process of all that, I know that if, I, if somebody knows me well enough, digs into me and gets close to me enough, you're going to start seeing some character flaws. You're going to start seeing some things where you go, man, you know, Isaac could be better at this. But if you cannot call me out on my errors, Help me refine, help me be refined and help me work my process. I have to ask myself the question, why are you around me? If I've given someone that kind of access to my life and yet for some reason, all they tell me is the things I want to hear, how God's going to bless me. How God's going to do this, how God's going to do that. And man, I'm such a great person. And this is what, and this is what I have. If you, if that's all you are, I have to immediately ask the question, why are you here? Why are you here? Not to say that I need encouragement. I definitely need encouragement. Everybody needs encouragement. Everybody needs somebody to tell them something that's going to encourage them. But if that's all I hear, then I have to ask the question. Do you actually love me? Do you love me? Or do you have an agenda for being in my presence? I'm, I'm closing out here. Because often the people who will tell you what you want to hear, they're in your periphery. Because there's something that you have that benefits them. It's only a matter of time before they take advantage of you. So you, the person who sits around getting only the people who agree with you, you're setting yourself up. Because here's what happens is when you take the counsel of a person whose wisdom is not from God, but whose wisdom is from the world, whose wisdom is from the culture around them, it's only a matter of time before you begin to give them access to things in your life that you should have never given them access to. When they give you just worldly wisdom, carnal wisdom, demonic wisdom, and that's all they give you to help you feel better about yourself, you know what you start doing? You start opening yourself up. You start showing them 
your resources. You start showing them the things that you value. You start showing them what's important to you. Israel did this with Babylon. Did this with Egypt. And now Isaiah is calling them out to say, woe to you. Yeah, woe to you, rebellious children, who take counsel, not of me. Not by my spirit. You're taking carnal wisdom and imposing it on your brokenness. You're putting sin on sin. Adding sin to sin. That's what he's talking about. You put confidence in Egypt as if Egypt doesn't have an agenda. You put confidence in Egypt as if Egypt isn't isn't getting ready. They're just they're just they're just scanning this they're just scanning the landscape. They're looking around to see what's out there. So that way, when the time comes and at the right time, we gonna we're gonna know where you're weak. We're gonna know what you can do, can't do. We're gonna we're gonna hit you right where it hurts. Because we know where all the things of value are in your life. Interesting how we trust the counsel of people who are around us, but never seek counsel from the Spirit of God. And so instead of hearing from the Spirit of God, and instead of hearing from the prophets who are called by God, and instead of hearing from your brother or sister who's helping you and saying, hey, I'm only telling you this because I love you. I have lost so many friends. I'll say this right now and I'm done. I've lost friends simply because I told them what they needed to hear. And that people would just stop calling me simply because I told them. I've had pastor friends, even pastors, who I say to them, hey, I love you, brother, but th- 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 what you're doing right now, my brother, you need to, we need to pray on this because the way you're living, the way you're acting, I see some things in your character. Hey, bro, you need to get on your knees again, man. And I'm only saying this because I love you. Like, like I love you, bro. And I'm telling you right now, you're going down the wrong path. I've had plenty of pastor friends who I said this to. Many of whom now have had to leave ministry because of moral failures. Never, never to get a call back because here's what happens. They hear what I have to say and then all of a sudden they step away. They distance themselves. They don't pick up my phone calls no more. I've lost a lot of friends. I've lost a lot of friends who, you know, if you're my friend, <laughs> you're going to hear from me. Not because I want to make you feel bad because I, I know God has a higher calling on your life. And I seek after friends who call me out. That's what I do. Who can refine me? Who operate by the same spirit that I operate on? And if you have an issue getting guidance from the spirit of God and those who you are convinced moved by the spirit of God and are influenced by the spirit of God, If you have a problem with that, then you have to ask yourself the question, what motivates you? Carnal wisdom or the Spirit of God? We know how it ends for Israel. We know how it ends. Israel, you know, Babylon comes in and wipes them out, takes everything because they showed them around. They said, hey, come look at all of our, come look at our treasury. Come look at our storehouses. Come see all of this. So family, who do you put your trust in? Your trust should be in the Lord. You should be led by the spirit, not by the wisdom of man. Be led by the spirit of God. And be affirmed by those who are led by the Spirit of God. And if those who are led by the Spirit of God only tell you what you want to hear, 
they're probably not led by the Spirit of God. Because all they're doing is adding sin to sin. So today, evaluate your friends. Evaluate those who are around you. And ask yourself the question, who do I trust? Do I trust in my preference, in my carnal wisdom? Or do I trust in the Spirit of God? Father, I ask today, Lord, as we're... As we started this day, Father, I just pray that you would help us run a diagnostic, an inventory of our relationships, Lord God, of our friends, of those who we put our trust in, Father, I ask today that you would help us see, Lord God, who we actually put our trust in is our trust in you, your wisdom, your heart, your will, or is our trust in those Lord, who tell us what we want to hear is our trust only in our preference. For Lord, we ask today, Lord, that you would correct us in this way. Lord, that we'd be led by your spirit, not by our desires, led by your wisdom, not by the wisdom of this world, Lord, that we would Lord, be refined, covered, protected, led by you. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Fam, I got to go. So good to see you all. So glad that we could do this um, This read and rant in the car. This is the car episode, the car chronicles. Um, I look forward to continuing this with you guys. And I also want to encourage you, if you are, you know, you, you're looking for any way to support. I want to think, I had like five or six of, of the patrons um, yesterday who said, you know, we're going to up our, our support. Thank you. Thank you so much for upping your support. But if you want to become a patron, it's $10 a month. I would encourage you to do it because your support is opening incredible doors. Like your support is allowing us now to begin to vision forward and dream forward. Your support keeps us focused on the mission and what God has called us to do. So we, I thank you guys for your support. With or without your support, if I have to go back to work and just do re rants in the car, I will do that. I have no problem with that because I believe that the message of God must be preached. But your support is opening other doors for us to do other things. And so I am so encouraged by you guys. I'm so encouraged by all of you. Um, I want to also say, if you can't support us on Patreon right now, listen, just, you know, uh, follow me. Follow me on YouTube. Follow me on the other platforms as well, on, on Instagram and on TikTok. Also, join my email list, okay? Join my email list. Um, <laughs> uh, waiting on your first book. Actually, one of the reasons why I can now begin to dream and vision about writing a book is because you guys are giving me the space and the bandwidth to do that. The patrons are doing that for me. And so I thank you for that. And if you, if you can't become a patron and you just want to just send a donation, there's also a link there in the bio. Just click the link in the bio and you'll be able to support there. Um, what was I going to say? There was another thing I was going to say. Oh, also text me 954-231-1848. 954-231-1848. Um, you can support there uh, by just texting and you can stay up to date with everything we have going on. So guys, I will see y'all tomorrow. Love you guys. Looking forward to continuing our time together. Gotta go. Gotta take the kids to um, to the aquarium today. So pray for me that the Holy Spirit would guide me and lead me and cover me uh, today, all right? And just give me the strength that I so desperately need. Love y'all. God bless you guys. And pray for me to get that MiFi because now it's looking like it's more of a thing if I'm going to start doing more of these in the car. Love y'all, fam. Peace out.